the mentorship and the knowledge you get just from connecting and talking with people that have done it longer than you have. I think that's, um, that's really brilliant is just to connect with people that are like presenters or producers and, and to, to realize it's okay to build relationships with them and pick their brain. Hi, and welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival. And this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in television and film and learning all the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. Uh, today, I'm super happy to have Gretchen Tyner Bryan on the podcast. She is amazing. She is a multi-award winning director, writer, actor, choreographer. She is from Canada. She's classically trained in ballet. She's won numerous awards, uh, such as the Berlin Commercial Award, Tokyo Shorts, uh, Dances with Films, French Riviera Film Festival, Vegas Movie Awards, Silk Road Film Awards, uh, Con. She is known as an actress in Manifest on Netflix, Gossip Girl on HBO, Billions on Showtime. And she is in pre-production on her first pilot series, I Dream of Hazel. Directing credits include Love is a Blue Jay, all about love at the New Victory Theater. And I would love to welcome uh, Breton. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, let's start off with the simple with the simple passion of you got into this entertainment business as a professional ballet dancer. That was your 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 first life, so to speak. How did you transition from that to choreographer to teacher and then into filmmaking? Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I grew up in the ballet world, but I was always also a photographer, um, really encouraged by my dad. So I was shooting film from like a, a young age and dressing up in old clothing and playing with all kinds of funky antiques and like things that would get dropped off at my, my house. Um, and my brothers were like jazz musicians. So I was always around jam sessions and I come from like a family of painters and musicians. So there's lots of like expressions of, of artistry and storytelling. Um, but I grew up in the ballet world when like costumes and sets were a really big part of, of this, like lots of story ballets. It wasn't so much of a, a modern aesthetic as it is right now. Um, and so I was always really interested in like photography and dance. Um, and I, I was a person in ballet class who was like playing around with steps in the corner, which is sort of like can be seen as, as disrespectful. And I was lucky enough to have mentors and teachers that were like, you're a choreographer. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm just going to, I'm going to be a dancer. Um, but I think it was that that desire and passion just to like play and riff on a theme um, as a means of expressing myself. And that that grew sort of um, to cultivating opportunities for myself that I wasn't getting as a dancer. Like I wasn't that I was auditioning for companies and I was I was never quite the right match. Um, and I think a lot of those like no's and those doors that closed like were really blessings that forced me to to cultivate myself as an independent artist and ultimately start to produce to get what I wanted out there. Um, and then when I came back to the East Coast from California about like 10 years ago, I went to like every audition you can imagine and um, was, was older than people thought I was. And I knew like the timeline for my body, my knees, like, you know, it wasn't going to last forever. And by the time I like got through that auditioning cycle of Broadway shows, like five years later, my body was going to be, be over it, I thought. So, um, so I started making my, my own material and this would often happen where I would like go to auditions and I would be so pissed by like the quality of the material or what I get cut, whatever. And I would 
I'd go book a room and I'd make some like mean solo from Rage. <laughs> and that material is like what started me choreographing um, in heels in New York City. And, and so the transition for me was like point shoes from ballet to heels is still very up. And that's how I started working sort of more in like the Broadway and cabaret spheres. But it, it really was like, I just got so mad <laughs> and impatient that I started to make, make my own my own movement. And, um, but I think it was a package deal. Like I really, I really wanted to move to certain music and I wanted to wear certain costumes and, and you know, have that agency as a dancer. And I was just, I was too opinionated to, to be a good dancer. Um, but that was a little bit of, of choreographing and I just, um, I just relentlessly have so many ideas and having to live with them is a lot for me at times. So mostly I just get them out of my, my system. Um, and that, that works well to be, to be a choreographer. So I think that was the jump of like, once you show people you can make material, they start to hire you to do it. But I just made it cause I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore sort of waiting for these roles, but I don't think I was supposed to have those roles either. Cause then I wouldn't have been developing myself. Um, and then the, the filmmaking jump, um, I'd worked with a lot of photographers. I'd been a photographer, so I was really well-versed in both sides of the camera, and I just got a little bored and rageful again <laughs> that, um, you know, I wanted the image to move. I wanted it to dance. I wanted it to be emotional. I didn't want it to be still anymore. And um, somebody approached my, my like, company, Bretton Follies, which was more of, like, a dance theater company. It's now a production company for films. But um, And they wanted to, like, do a photo shoot, and I convinced them to do a movie because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do a photo shoot anymore. I'm bored. Let's do a movie. Um, and that project, that project fell through, but I was like left with a couple pieces. So I kind of picked it up and I convinced one of my friends who was a photographer to be the cinematographer. Cause I think photographers make great DPs. Um, and we went and shot this film and, um, and you know, like I'll, I guess I can say on a pocket, like no permits, you know, total wild, wild west Manhattan, New York city. Um, and then I was really lucky, Fred Sweet at La Jolla International Fashion Film Festival. I don't know how he found me, um, but he did. And he's, he's really cultivated and encouraged me to just to keep making things. Um, but again, it's like, for me, it's so, you know, it's it's been a journey and it will hopefully be a, a much longer one, but it's just like, it's movement to movement. So it's like the movement of the camera and, and making film is like, I'm just very motion, motion upset. That always tells the emotion for me. So, um, but I was making like, what you would consider trailers now for live shows at the time. So I was like, I was trying to like sell these shows because I was like, you know, there was no funding. We were like surviving on ticket sales and whatnots and like these cabaret shows like downtown on Houston. And, you know, I'm like doing the books, trying to figure out how to manage this thing. And um, we had like ad placements through the venues, through like Village Voices and like, which was cool. But I was like, nobody's coming for a static image. So I started making like these little movies I would take the characters from from these cabaret shows and like film them in like the entryway of my apartment or in like the laundry in the basement, you know, just kind of stealing sets. Um, and I think that was sort of like, I didn't realize it at the time. Um, I didn't start making like movies directing until three years later, but it was those trailers of taking stage characters and then putting them in a new setting and kind of seeing, like, learning what reads on camera choreographically. Um, and just as a photographer, like I'm obsessed with, with faces and, I couldn't, I was choreographing for stage and like I was choreographing faces and it was, no one could see it. Nobody cared. It wasn't reading, but suddenly on camera, I could direct everybody who was focused to where I wanted to go with the face. So, so that's like a little bit about the journey. And then I just got hooked. <laughs> I just got totally, totally obsessed and hooked because you can, you can create, like you can create such a world that for me, 
take so much more money and time and years on stage and you'll never have the same result in terms of like sets, costumes, the amount of people you can pull together for a moment, you know, versus like the experience. Like film can, film can feel slow, but it can also be quick in terms of pr production versus like stage shows or like I was in the Broadway realm and that's a very long haul and I'm clearly not that patient. So, um, so that's like the long and the short of it a little bit. Right. So here's, um, here's a question. Cause it's really interesting. How do you feel the choreography in your beginning roots has carried over to you communicating as a director to actors, how you yourself, uh, work in that realm as an actor, how, how do you attack those roles and then how do you direct and pull those moments from actors you're working with? I mean, I think I, I'm really specific, but I also work a lot with instinct. And I know as a choreographer, because um, you're basically directing people's emotions and movement, the same thing as you're directing dialogue or, or like more subtle movement is to the best thing I'm going to get from that person is the most authentic thing. So I try to make sure I let that come through and that I guide and tailor that. But I ask them just, I give a very simple directive and I say, can you please move from this emotion? And what I find if you give an emotional directive, people usually move naturally from it instead of, and so I'm choreographing directing in a way that combination is happening at the same time, instead of saying, I need you to do this blocking and step forward with your right leg. So I often let them sort of set the tone and then I do the camera around that so that it still maintains a natural quality, but that it's like derivative of the emotion and the character. Because I mean, with, with camera, like you can do something so subtle with the eyes, but I think if it's, um, if it's forced, we all, we feel that. The DP feels that um, I love stuff that's like really specific, but has that organic, has a flow to it. So it's, there's not, a, um, you don't feel that I've curated it in any way, um, unless it's like heavily choreographed dance. So I think that's a little bit about it. And um, for me, it's also, it's like a volume thing. So I come from a state background. So it's like, how much, how much energy do I need to emit, you know, omit physically versus if I'm, you know, if I'm working for camera, and I just think about dialing that down, like you know, how much are we raising that? How much are we toning it for camera? Um, I, work, I work with that a little bit, like, like a velocity we might speak about, whether I'm asking uh, you know, actors to do something very subtle or I'm saying, I need, you to, I need you to push it. And I think stage just has given me an understanding of what that range can be so that I tone it better. Um, I mean, I remember when I was first starting to like audition for like on camera stuff, my energy was like off the wall. They were like, go do theater. They're like, go home. <laughs> it's you're just like, you're like, you're blowing everyone out of the room. It's like, it's, they're like, what are you doing? Um, because I, I grew up like watching like in living color and like loving that, that, that caricature energy and like Jim Carrey um, and James Fox and like stuff that was like, yeah, like, over the top. That's, that's still my personality um, for sure realize and I think too as like a dancer you're always like you're like look I can do this step hire me I I kicked my face and I'm ready to go and because they, they, you know if you're doing eight shows a week you you got to have that you got to be able to maintain that high energy um and I found too like I love film because we can go do 20 takes that are different and I can come in right in that moment and give you everything I've got and I don't have to come back to that scene <laughs> the next the next day so I think like the specificity but the variety really um really appeals. And I think, you know, you, you just want people actor wise that they're going to give you everything for a time and then you can let them recalibrate themselves to come back into a different space with that character. Um, I don't know. There's more play for me in that than like a show that's set. And we do the same show every night. I'm, 
that 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 world's a little bit like um torturous for me like as a performer oh my god like i dancers i worked with they're like you're so rogue you went and changed it and i was like i couldn't help myself that is like taboo for that world but like there are there are performers that like bless them they are perfect at doing that every night and for me i'm like i just always need it to be um alive and like evolving so i i you know i get i get that option with film and then we can pin it you know i can look at the five different takes and i can pull the beautiful moments i want so so it's a little bit about that yeah <laughs> right because that's that's really you don't have that opportunity you know in in broadway especially when you're playing to the back of the theater you know you've got to project that energy to the back of the theater and and uh and and make sure you can duplicate it over and over again so so yeah it, it, it's restrictive and and beautiful in the same way how did this um inspiration for this pilot series i dream of hazel come to you oh thanks so much for asking um yeah this is like the baby i'm i'm like i know i want to hear about the baby <laughs> alongside me and we're 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 about to to jump so um so it's interesting you ask that. Uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but there's a couple scripts that I wrote and I realized, I was like, okay, I gotta do my feature. I gotta, I gotta demonstratively show what I can do. People's like, where's the feature? Where's the feature? Um, Cause I've done a bunch of shorts and they're somewhat dance centric. And I realized I like, I wrote these three scripts and I went back and looked at them and I was like, I'm talking about the same character at different stages of her life. Um, because about time travel and like psychic gifts so that we can, what we can see and who we can communicate with. And so I really, I'd written about Hazel as a six-year-old. I'd written about Hazel like in her seventies. I'd written about Hazel at 25 and Hazel kept coming through all these stories. Um, I had a, a chat with, with, uh, less him, one of my favorite DPs. And, um, I had like a couple projects, more than a couple projects fall through that I was supposed to direct. And I was just like, what's going on universe, you know, like, I'm an official director if I'm doing other people's things. Um, and I think Universe took them away. And he was just like, you really need to do your own story. And I was like, yeah, but we got all these cool things lined up. And he's like, who cares? So you got to tell your own story. So I went back and I looked at the scripts and I sent them to him. And I um, I realized I was like, it's always been Hazel. So Hazel is the character that I used to play in Bretton Folly shows when we first started doing live cabaret stuff. Yeah, so there's this sort of trajectory coming out of that, and um, I, my character's name was Hazel Wentworth, and I would play her on stage, and I, I kind of thought we were done with Hazel. <laughs> um, I was like, well, we've had enough. Um, but I realized she's just she's just sort of given me the opportunity to write more more scenes and stories for her through this pilot. So the pilot is about um, dissociation and memory loss with dance and any type of movement really as the um, connector to reclaim identity, to sort of break out of what, what appears to be like a mental health crisis, but is really like a, a psychic awakening. So that's a little bit about Hazel. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And I'm very blessed to have a team that is just, that has supported me so, so much as we move forward. And um, we're just in our last stage of like connecting with producers and donors. And I am, um, I'm thinking we'll probably shoot in June. Hopefully it's just like, you know, Things get stacked, but um, yeah. So that's that's a little bit about I Dream of Hazel. Um, that's beautiful that this character has has been with you for so long that you're able to translate that into an artistic work and hopefully a very commercial artistic work, right? When you when you get out there, um, you know, you've been around the festival circuit 
it ain't the first rodeo for you. What was it like, I guess, that that first time out doing the festival circuit and now, you know, like a, a veteran of the festival circuit? Um, because there's a lot of people listening in that haven't really gone out yet in that festival circuit or they're learning what was the before and after, you know, what, what do you bring to the party? What do you, what are you prepared with now that you weren't then? I mean, it's a, it's an awesome question, Leslie. So, I mean, my brain's going theater, drama, theater. Right. Yeah. Right. Carpets <laughs> And like, um, so I think that's like, that's a consistent for me as I was like, I know what the, cause I was like, I don't know anything about film festivals. Like, like I knew nothing about them. And I, I sort of started doing a little bit research and like people would hit me up on Instagram and I was like, Oh, that's a thing. I didn't know there were fashion film festivals because costume was like such a huge part of what I was doing. And I started doing costume because um, we had no budget for these theater shows. So I would like source all these garments. And, and that's how I sort of got into it and got, you know, more specific about it. Um, but when I, re I remember getting to like my first La Jolla, I was like, this is a scene. <laughs> this is like, and this is Southern California. So, so it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's theatrical and like, eccentric and elegant over the time. So it's just like, it's loud. It's a red carpet. It's got lots of flashing light bulbs and sparkle razzle dazzle. And um, I was like, I dig this. I get that. <laughs> um, so I think I was like, this is a total theater to me. This was all very much theater. And then just, I love the, there's a circular feeling to me of like, you can go see many, um, many films. They're happening at different times. You can meet people from all over the world. You can learn by watching these films. I feel like anyone's work that I saw, I just went up to them and I was like, Hey, I, I really like what you made. And, you know, and, I still feel like I'm an early career director. I've only been on the festival circuit for like a couple of years, but I just, the festival circuit has responded to me. So I just, I keep engaging in that way. Um, but I think wherever you're at, however you feel like, cause I remember going to the festival and being like, these are the veterans. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm a good actor. So I can just act my way kind of, you want me to get up and talk? Okay, I'm going to get up and talk. We'll, we'll make it up. You know, I've, I've done that a bunch of times in New York to have to sell shows and whatever. So, but I think, um, I think the, a really big takeaway is to just realize like every festival has their viewpoint. They have what they're trying to curate, what they're trying to put forward, who they're trying to support, what work they're trying to support. And that is great. And finding where you fit into those different ecosystems. And I think with anything, like just not being too attached to the nose. Um, there's people that like, I, I'm pretty sure it said no to me last year that are like knocking on my door now. So the timing you know, how people see like your, if they see your commitment to your craft, if they see your aesthetic evolving. Um, I think the big thing is like, just keep going. If you're passionate about it, just keep doing it. Um, and not every festival is going to love your work. And I think what's cool is that I have a variety of different films that like, there's relationships I've built with festivals that I know love this type of work. And, and we very candidly, they have no interest in the other thing that I've made. And that is totally fine because there's another festival that's going to be interested in something else that I've done that's different. And I think it's just kind of good to honor those different ecosystems and not, you know, it's kind of like, just keep it, um, I hear my astrologer being like, just go with the flow, Brad, just go with the flow. But, but sincerely being like, just go where the work is taking you, where people are responding. And I would say like where you're learning. That's, I think, um, for me, like I, I personally, the awards are wonderful, but they're just so I can become better at my craft and I can make more movies. That's that's the sweet spot for me. So I think um, always find a way to grow, to grow in those ecosystems and to learn from like the people around. I mean, like dances with films too, they, you know, they're incredible just in terms of like 
the mentorship and the knowledge you get just from connecting and talking with people that have done it longer than you have. I think that's, that's really brilliant is just to connect with people that are like presenters or producers and, and to, to realize it's okay to build relationships with them and pick their brain, that it doesn't have to always be transactional because we all come together on passion. We all, we all love movies. That's why people are still running. I feel like sometimes people don't understand the amount of work that goes in for like festival producers. They're sort of like, they're sort of like these like earth mother presenters that are, that are doing, right. They're doing so much work to facilitate other artists and people can get a little, you know, like it's not perfect. And I'm like, just realize they're managing so many people and, and be appreciative, but also like chat with them because they are very knowledgeable, far beyond what you can imagine. And I think I've learned the most talking to talking to festival producers and some of the other filmmakers that are in, they're in, in the group. But I think I approach it as like a knowledge base of, of information that I can learn and, and to take the critiques too. Like I've had some, I've had some like rough critiques from people that I'm, I'm really close with. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't really know what you're talking about, but I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to make the adjustment and see what happens. And those films I've adjusted have gone much further than the ones that didn't get those same critiques. So I think try not to take it too personally and just, you know, just keep, keep pushing the work. Um, it's a little bit of how I would approach it. It's funny you touch on that because that's a sensitive issue, right? We're all artists and to get that critique of, Hey, this isn't working that well. You, you're you immediately, your heart just withers, <laughs> you know, your internal organs just go um, and crunch. Um, so to be able to kind of breathe through that and embrace that advice and actually try it to see if it works is a um, testament to you because that's a hard thing that a lot of artists just can't do don't want to do <laughs> they, they, they 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 just they they just can't go down that path um so where do you see yourself in five years oh god i'm like the top of the mountain no because then there'll be another mountain <laughs> Um, I, I know, but which mountain, you know, which mountain <laughs> describe the mountain to us. All the mountains, Leslie. No, um, I, I'm a maximalist. No, um, I'm maximum mountains. Really? Um, I'm very passionately interested in directing narrative features and episodic television and, and just sort of cultivating myself as a writer. And that's sort of been happening with uh, people encouraging me and getting really good feedback because I was not, um, I just wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that five years ago. So I think the other thing that's been presented to me is people have said you'd be a really good showrunner. Um, and I was like, I, I like, if you asked me two years ago, I was like, that sounds nuts. And then when I, when I hear about what's on the, on the platter, <laughs> right. That sounds like a nice full meal. That sounds like that would satisfy me artistically. So I think, I think those two things are really great. And then for me, you know, because I'm getting I'm getting more opportunities, like and getting pushed into the writing and directing, um, and I have experience producing. Like I write as a producer, things in terms of efficiency and budget and logistics. Um, having not realized I was doing that, and then having other producers come on and go, "Thank God you wrote this way. Thank you so much. You know, this makes it much easier for budget." But but for me, acting is just like a pure a pure joy. So um, I would I'd love to be like a regular on a series with a team I can really invest in a character I can dig into. Um, cause I mean, it's, it's the greatest delight not having to be myself. <laughs> so I love, 
Um, I'm so free. I get to take a break from myself when I act. I'm utterly free. Um, it's it's funny, you know, as as you as you continue to grow as a performer, if you've done it your whole life, it's just the most. Um, I don't want to say it's the easiest thing because that sounds sort of like, you know, egotistical or disrespectful to people's process, but it is it is one of the most comfortable places for me to be because I've been on stage probably since I was like five or six. Um, so when I get to act, it's like I'm like on a vacation. <laughs> Um, it's just so, and I, it's so enjoyable to me because I'm so used to like, you know, having to tone my energy to deal with a thousand other collaborators. Um, and as an actor, I can just, I'm in character all the time and I can get away with <laughs> saying, doing other things, but, but definitely, um, directing narrative features and episodic television, um, and being a series regular would be incredibly joyous. And I'm, I always like some of my mentors, you know, I'm always open to all of the abundance the universe has to offer me. Or, I mean, I never thought I would be, a, I never thought I would be directing movies. I was a kid who like wouldn't go to the movie theater. It was like a maniac on her bicycle running or couldn't sit still, but I love making movies. Right. So I think, you know, just, I think it's good to be open to um, something that's greater than what you dreamed of. Right. Right. Um, what piece of advice would you give to a young dancer wanting to cross over a young actor wanting to cross over a filmmaker, um, you know, starting out that, you know, you really feel passionate about that you can tell them because we have a lot of filmmakers, you know, from all walks of life and other people listening in. Um, I would, I would just say, just make shit all the time. Just don't, don't wait for the perfect. I mean, especially like being in New York the past 10 years, like, you just jump at those opportunities. You're like, we got 20 minutes. We could do a lot with 20 minutes in New York City, right? You could do a lot with five minutes. And I think don't wait for it to be perfect. Don't don't feel like you have to explain yourself to everybody. That's that about just go make your work. Just make make and make and make and see what happens. And I think because what you're really in conversation with is yourself, with your own process, your own worlds that you're trying to bring to the forefront. Um, I think it's great to cultivate a process, but process, you know, takes time. And what I found is that like, for me personally, the last thing I do is write. So I think there's people that would tell me, oh, you need to do it in this order. And there's this linear way of approaching it. And I think just the big thing is always like, trust your instinct and just, just make how you, how you need to make, cause that's, what's going to make it special and not the formulaic approach. Um, I think to like, just keep at it. It's, it's not easy to like transition to cross over. And my experience was every time I've been in like certain community artistically or certain location. Um, I'm like about to kind of, I don't know, my attention's about to go elsewhere or my, my focus or passion. There's a lot of like, like, no, 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 no. You, you stay, you stay in the family. That's it. Um, and people get, you know, people are rude and, and not supportive. And then when you like get to the other side, they're like, bravo, great job. So I think, you know, you really have to tune it out a little bit and trust the instinct of what you want to make. I mean, because I went from like contemporary ballet worlds to like cabaret. People are like, what are you what are you doing? And I, if you'd asked me if I was going to do that, I wouldn't have been able to understand or verbalize that. But I was just kind of following my like attraction compass to that music. Basically for me, cabaret was like, it was about to be cinema in terms of like the set, the settings visually, the colors, the costumes. Um, I didn't know that was what was going to push me to movies. So I think like go with your own artistic, 
like your own artistic love affair, like whatever you're into, even if people don't get it the first time or the third time, it'll be hot by the time you get to the, like the fourth or fifth. And you're like, if you shine a light with passion, it will, it will go up is my experience. And when you try to like, you know, I was trying to be like, Oh, I need to do my feature. And it's like, the better thing for me to do is a series. Cause I have so, I have so many chapters for the characters. So instead of being like, Oh, now at this point in my career, I need to, I need to do the feature to prove myself. It's like, that's actually not quite the, the box for me. So I think, and I would say too, um, however glossy it looks from the outside, everybody who's jumped has done a lot of hard work. Um, I made, I made a lot of my films and some of like the hardest moments in my life with, with like no teams, no, no answers, no support. So I think I want to be transparent about that too, that it's not like, it's not like somebody gave me a lot of money and I, and then it was easy for me to go and do it. Um, there's a way to be, to be sort of scrappy and passionate and say, say, I need, I need to make this thing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. So I think we, we all do that. Everyone who builds something like they're all figuring it out as we go and as we continue to age too. So I think just, um, if you want to do something, it's totally possible. And, and anybody who's telling you, no, I, I would just like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have more conversations with them. Um, it's my, cause I'm, I've like gone back for more to be like, Hmm, you know, should we talk about it for the third time? And I've realized for me, psychologically, it's, it's not beneficial. It's a waste of time. So yeah, it's true. It's true. In fact, what really strikes me wonderfully about you is your positive attitude and people really don't understand that a positive attitude with a little bit of skill can get you a far way, right? Positive attitude and you have a lot of skill can get you to places you never imagined. Um, and a lot of filmmakers like to be down on themselves. A lot of actors like to be down on themselves because, you know, you look at the format of acting, you have to audition, 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 and then you get a part and you're like, I got a part. And then you go back into the track of audition, 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 audition with, with no, 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 no. And they think they're lousy. And that may not be the case. It's just, you weren't right for that. Your timing wasn't right. You didn't maybe make a choice that popped out for whatever reason. So how do you keep your positive point of view with all the no's out there? I appreciate that. Um, Thank you for seeing my positive energy today because it is not always positive. And uh, people in my comments are like, you're so positive. You're so like mobilized. And I was like, I am right now. <laughs> but, I, but on Monday, I may not be. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've been in conversation. I, I forgot through pandemics. We had such, such disruption to rhythms and just, you know, just a new world in some ways um, that for artists, we do go like this. And because especially like when I was performing on stage, like every night or, or like, you know, whatever it was, most of the time, there were hard bottoms, like in every 24 hour cycle. And anybody who does stage like knows that because there's a lot of endorphins. So I was like, I was like disrespecting the, <laughs> the emotional lows and beating myself up about for like even having them. So I think number one for me is when I have, when I have good energy, I try to get a lot done. <laughs> so I, I, I just, I run with it. People are like, wow, you're great. And I was like, I am right now. So I'm just gonna, cause I know, I know it's almost like night and day. That's part of, it's part of the human sort of experience that we're going to have those lower moments. But I think I make my own stuff and that's what keeps, that's how I'm feeding myself artistically. That's how I can function. That's how I can be here. So it's like, instead of making stuff to prove, if you make it like for joy 
for pleasure or if like you make it to for me to like process all my sadness or or, or trauma or whatever's going on that's like you know i need i need to do that like i drink water just to be on this planet to function here so that i don't i never made nothing i've ever made was to prove and i know that might sound a little like hippy dippy whatever special but like the truth is I was just making them out of like passion and joy and, and what was coming out was probably what I needed to handle emotionally. And I was lucky to have people around me that, that were in the same sphere. So a lot of people I work with, like they all do it for the passion. We're still doing it for, for that sort of um, that shared joy. Cause that's what I love is I love the team energy of film. It's it like, it really takes a team and the team just heightens what everybody else does. We all kind of magnify each other's talents. So I think, um, I'm also learning just to, you know, just to keep, to be really uh, protective of my energy and to just like trust my instinct on anything that, cause, cause for a long time I would, you know, whatever I was go, I would go to the thing that was hard because that's what dance world teaches you is like, just, 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 just suffer. Don't, don't suffer, don't sleep, don't eat. And it builds an incredible work ethic, but it's a little bit out of tune with, um, with connecting to the positive, I think, and sort of being open to abundance instead of like restrictions. So, so I have to kind of check myself on that because I was chasing after the, the people that were like telling me, no, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get you. I'm going to prove to you. You're going to hire me. You're going to choose me. And it's like, I, what my practice now is, is like, how fast can I let it go? Like, can I immediately and not even give it another second thought to it? Anyone that said no, anyone that's been nasty, rude, disrespectful, I immediately go, thank you universe. That's not for me. And I just, because I've seen, you know, I think it's easier from this vantage point, like I'm having this sort of like wave of success, but it's, but it's because of those no's. Because if I'd gone towards those no doors and opportunities, I wouldn't be on this trajectory. So I think it's really just um, how fast can you let it go? And just like, again, to not really be defined by the success and not be defined by the failures of no's either. And just know like, you're still going to have to go back to your own mind and deal with it and like make the work that you want to make. Cause I think people see the glossy, but, but it's, you know, it's me writing away, you know, every night for how many months it's, it's me sort of dealing with all the logistics and before we even get to set. So I think um, it's good to dispel the glamor and, and just put like a little bit of sunshine on the hard work. And if, if it's what you want to do, then I think it's, um, it's totally satisfying whether you, you like win something or not, but the wins are just good for visibility because then you can make more movies if that's your, if that's your drug, which it is mine. So. Right. Exactly. That's the adrenaline rush that you get. Right. Of course. Um, what is last question? What is a dirty little secret of Hollywood that you've uh, learned along your travels that you wish you had known <laughs> that you go, you know, that would have been helpful. I'm like we're on air right now. <laughs> um, okay. Well, not, well, people are kinder than you think. I don't know if that's a dirty secret, but I think people are kinder than you think. Um, there are, there are many layers of community. If you connect, you connect with people that are, that are just as passionate as you are. I'm definitely uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And dirty little secret. Um, gosh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to like, my LA team's going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, there's like a, there are levels of lazy. I will say there, there are levels of lazy, but not to judge that, just to understand it's a different rhythm. And I think, 
um, what's most important is like go to the relationships you want to have and cultivate them. But, um, but also to realize like there are people that are in Hollywood, I think um, they're not generating. They're looking to, to take, you know, whatever you're doing. And so like, I mean, there's meetings I've had with people and then like, um, like we're like about to go to production and they like disappear. But I don't know if that's a Holly, I don't know if that's like a Hollywood secret. Um, but I think like the time span of like, of bullshit can be drawn out longer. And in, in New York, you're like, well, we had 24 hours that failed. I guess it's not, you know? So I think it's just a different time structure, but I think um, the dirty secret, I would say my number one is that, People, people are quite generous and inspired if you find the right people in Hollywood. Okay, so it's finding the right people. <laughs> to I, I wish everyone to find the right people in Hollywood. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Breton, uh, Tyner, Brian, for joining us on Best and Fast. Why don't you shout out your uh, social so people can follow what you're up to? Thanks, Leslie. So it's just my full name on Instagram, Breton, Tyner, Brian, and you can find us also Breton Follies and why. And then lastly, you have delusione underscore the film. So it's like delusional underscore the film underscore. Um, and that's a film that's on the festival circuit right now that I love and you can check out as well. Appreciate well, let's it. talk briefly before we sign sign out. Tell me a little bit about it, snippet and where they can see it. Sure. So you can see Delusione next at the Answers with Films at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles on Hollywood, Friday, June 17th. 5 p.m. and you can come dance on the red carpet with me. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Breton. Uh, and we are out. Best and fest. Uh, I want to just remind everyone we have the video component on the La Femme uh, YouTube channel, and this is podcast is on all the platforms. So don't forget to rate us, rank us, subscribe to us, and DM us and let us know. Best and fest. We're out. <laughs>